This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, and thanks for tuning in. I am that nerd dad, Joe Williamson, and this is that nerd dad podcast where we talk parenting, pop culture, and politics. Uh, This week's show... Uh, we're going to talk Halloween. We're going to talk, uh, where the hell am I? Because I'm not in my usual location again. Uh, we got pumpkin patch anxiety. That's a fun one. And, uh, look, I, I guess I got to talk about Elon Musk taking over Twitter, don't I? Seems like everyone's talking about it. It's, uh, it's something we have to address. So we'll talk about that as well. Before I dive into everything, just want to ask you real quick wherever you're watching or listening to this there's probably a subscribe button hit that for me uh five star thumbs up review of some kind greatly appreciated comments are always welcome uh i just like the engagement i just like talking to you so by all means do that and uh let's get into the show are you listening damn uh Okay, so let's let's address the elephant in the room. First off, where the hell am I? Uh, now, most of you don't watch this. Most of you listen to this. But there's uh, 40 or 50 of you that watch. So you might be wondering, where is Joe? Joe's at his mom's. Joe's in his mom's basement. Joe probably doesn't sound the same. Joe doesn't have the same mic on today. Um, Joe's mom broke her hip. <laughs> <laughs> about four days ago, um, kind of a freak accident. Uh, she was watching my three-year-old. Uh, he was running around her. She kind of tripped on him, fell backwards, and broke her hip in three places. So she is she's in rough shape. She had surgery. The doctor said while it was bad, uh, it could have been a lot worse. And she got very lucky in a lot of ways. So we are, uh, we're kind of counting our blessings as it were that, um, she's going to make a full recovery and, uh, it seems like she's going to be home by the end of the week, you know, in, in and out of the hospital with hip surgery in under a week, uh, long road to recovery in terms of rehab, but you know, progress has been made. That being said, I will be at my parents' house for the foreseeable future during the days. They live near my kids' school, and when mom gets home, I'm going to want to be around to help her as well. So, Because uh, my dad's got to work, and he can't work virtually, so I will be helping out mom around the house as well, wherever possible. So I'm in a, situated in my mom's basement, like we always knew I would be, almost 40 years old. So if I sound a little different for the next little while, it's because I'm using a different mic. If you don't love the fake wood background, I can't help you with that. I'm working with what I got. So, mom's broke her hip. <laughs> she went, she 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 goes from 60 to 80 with one freak accident, but she's in good spirits. Did you have a good Halloween? 
How was your Halloween? If you have pictures of your kids in your Halloween costume, send them to me. I like, I, you know, it's the best part about Halloween as an adult, in my opinion, is seeing the little ones and going, oh my god, you're a little princess. It's so cute. Um, but I just want to say this about Halloween. It's a weird day as an parent because you stress stranger danger. You stress don't eat candy. You stress don't walk in the road. And then on Halloween, all of those rules go out the window. Go knock on that door. Go ask for free candy. Put on this mask that restricts your vision. Let's walk in the road. (laughs) It's dark and raining. I'm going to put you all in black. These are not things we normally do as parents, but uh, for one day we try to get everyone to kind of suspend belief. Also, I don't know if you've heard that. There's a bird near me. I have a, I have a, I have a guest near me at my parents' basement. A bird. bird named Bo. It's a pretty bird. Not very talkative, but in case you hear him in the background, that's part of the show now. He's my co-host. Um, so it's just a weird day. where And like as a parent, I don't like it. I don't like the day. Um, it's something else you have to contend with. Did you did you bring the did did you bring the costumes for the school? No, not the good costume for school because he'll get it dirty. So you got to have the secondary crappy costume for school that he can get dirty and wreck. Who cares? Uh, and then we got to change them into the real costume before we go trick or treating. And you got to go late, but not too late. Do you eat something before you go? Is it dinner time yet, or like do we have a snack? Maybe a snack, and then afterwards, how much candy are we gonna let them eat? Bedtime's normally 7.30, but tonight's going to be 9 o'clock, which means tomorrow's going to be a nightmare. It's just like a shitty, shitty day as a parent. So, uh, to all the parents who survived it, hats off to you. I hope you are stealing your favorite snacks from their from their bag and enjoying yourself. And if you're not a parent and you listen to this, there's some who listen. They just find me entertaining. Uh, I hope you went to the convenience store today and got really cheap snacks for yourself. I'm going to stay on... uh, What are we got next on my list? Oh, swimming lessons. Swimming lessons is on my list next. And this is a short one. I want to talk to you about swimming lessons. We've got... um, Swimming lessons feels like one of those essential things to me as a parent that you enroll your kid in uh and i'm with two boys i'm i'm designated as the guy to take them through the change room and and hand them off to the perfectly capable 14 year old to teach them how to swim they damn those kids look young i'm like like are you sure you're going to teach my three-year-old anything because my three-year-old is a pain in the ass. Are you, are you sure you're okay with doing this? Uh, so I, uh, uh, but you, you have to do. It. You got to learn how to swim. Got to learn how to swim. It's fun in this. It's, a, it's an essential skill. So you sign them up, and this happens literally every year. I never know what uh, what grade. I'm doing air quotes for those listening grade they go in because they don't have grades do they it's not junior kindergarten swimming lessons and then we'll grade one two three you know normal stuff it's always like oh tadpole 
and frog and salamander and beaver and and uh, polar bear. I, like they have weird names. So when the thirteen or fourteen year old instructor comes over and says, "I'm looking for all of the salamanders. Salamanders, come here." It is at that moment that I realize I have once again forgotten to ask my wife what they're in. Literally every year, I have no idea. I stand there and I go, I just kind of wait to see where kids who have approximately the same size go. And I'm like, I think I think he's a salamander. Is he, is he in your salamander class? And they look at it, they listen, they go, yeah, he's in my salamander class. I say, perfect. And then I walk with the bigger one and I say, I think, I think he's a beaver. Or, or, do you have beavers? Is, is he in your class? And they say, yeah, he's in my class. I say, okay, great. These are your instructors. Go forth and learn how to swim. Uh, the big one who normally has the anxiety, uh, no problem at all. Loved it. His fear of water or his love of water, let me say, is greater than his anxiety. So he had a blast. The three-year-old, though, this was his, um, because of COVID, this was kind of like his first class without me and my wife being visible. So we had a problem the first day. (laughs) He had a meltdown. And while he could see us through the glass window, it wasn't enough. He couldn't just walk up to us. And this was like the first time he's had that. Normally, you know, with a six-year-old, we got him in preschool and... And, uh, you know, mommy and me classes and things like that, where the parents sometimes disappear for a little bit. And they get used to having a teacher guide. This was the three-year-old's first full experience with that. Um, So he had a meltdown. And after about 15 minutes of pretty heavy crying, I went out there. And I tried to calm him down. And I literally, kneeling at the edge of the pool, I look like a total idiot. But these are the things you do as a parent. I feel like... As much as I felt like an idiot, I'm also like, this is kind of a good dad move. I'm not going to toot my own horn, but I'm like, eh, I'm, I'm embarrassing myself for the for the love of my children. That's a good thing. And then, uh, whole class ended up being a total write-off in terms of getting him to participate, but he, I didn't take him out of the class. I didn't let him leave like he wanted. I made him stay in the water for the whole time. And then at the end, I said to, to uh, the teacher, again, lovely 14-year-old person. I said, do you want me to do that next time or do you want me to just leave him? Like, do you want to just kind of handle this on your own or do you want me to step in and parent? And she's like, please don't come back out. (laughs) Gotcha. Received. So on the second class, the second class, I did that and uh, he cried and he screamed his ass off and I, I, this time I literally had to hand him over to this uh, nice lady, and and she carried him into the water. Uh, other kids just kind of doting behind her, and a uh, parent friend of mine watched while I stayed hidden. And she was giving me updates. She was like, "He's still crying. He's 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 looking for you. He's calling for you." And then it was like, "Oh, he's calmed down. Oh, he's doing the rocket ship. Oh, he dunked his head. Oh, he's fine." And I'm like, "Awesome." 14-year-old girl knew better than I did. As a parent, the 14-year-old girl knew better than I did. Hmm? What are you going to do? She nailed it. Just goes to show, 
your kids are fine. Just leave them the hell alone. Helicopter parenting. You want to do it, but it's uh, it's counterintuitive. They need to, they need to do it themselves. Taking off my glasses here because something's in my eye. I'm just gonna leave this part in. I'm not gonna edit it out because that's what you like about this experience. This isn't a polished podcast. This is a talk and a conversation between friends. This is a chance for you to to say, I relate to that. Or, man, that is funny. Or, man, that's stupid. Or, man, that's that's wildly racist. Why would he say that? Uh, 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 Let's talk about the pumpkin patch. Because it leads into one of my favorite conversations, uh, mental health. And then we'll get out of here on... Elon Musk. Uh, so, uh, two weeks ago, went to a pumpkin patch. As you know, and if you're a first-time listener, maybe you don't know, but I suffer from social anxiety. When I was first diagnosed with it, they called it extreme social anxiety. I think probably now it's just social anxiety. The, I don't think it gets extreme anymore. But, I have social anxiety. I avoid a lot of social situations. I have gone out of my comfort zone for my children on a regular basis. See my therapist, I want to say monthly, every other month or so. And uh, and we, I have been on this journey for the last several years. But there was something about the pumpkin patch this year that I just was like, I'm not feeling this today. I'm not feeling this. I, I was out of my comfort zone. And I think there was an element of it was a bit last minute. It was kind of like a, oh, it's a beautiful day. Why don't we go? Um, and it wasn't just a pumpkin patch. It was like a like a farm deal, a little petting zoo and bouncy things and and hay bale rides and corn maze. Like it was a it was a big event sort of thing, a big costly event, twenty bucks a head. But it was a it was a thing plus food and whatever. It was a costly day, but kids had a ball. I didn't have a ball. I had fun. I had as much fun as I could watching my kids have fun. And, um, but I noticed my anxiety was high, um, throughout much of the day. There's a few things that probably impacted it. One, like I said, it was kind of a, a last minute decision. It wasn't something we had planned out where I could kind of mentally prepare and do a little research. This was a place that it was kind of like, oh, we're going to do this. And I was like, cool. Um, because if I said no, I'd be getting in my own way again. Or if I start to, if I say no to these things, I kind of let the the anxiety win. So I didn't want that. I was like, yeah, absolutely. And I kind of realized that after I say yes, I just have to deal with the anxiety. (laughs) Like that's coming. How bad is it going to be? Totally depends. The other thing was I'd never been to this place before. So I didn't know the layout. I didn't know where things were. I didn't know the timings. Where are the bathrooms? Where's the food? When do we have to leave? Like all these little things that I kind of mentally check for with my anxiety uh, to make sure that I feel more comfortable about my surroundings and who I may have to interact with, they all I, they all went out the window. It was, just, it was total unknown. Total unknown. No parking situation. I don't know what it's like. I ended up having to park in another field, which was amazing because that was fun. Um, I don't even know if I'm being sarcastic on that, but I had to park in a field. Um so the anxiety was high throughout the whole day. I kind of ebbed and flowed a little bit. And I did my best to kind of 
get through the day. But what happened the next day was even more surprising to me. I had what could only be described as an anxiety hangover. I was exhausted. I was irritable. I felt terrible. And I felt like I was kind of dwelling on the day before. Um, and reliving kind of certain moments. And, and just and, and playing it. And I just felt like, ugh. Like... Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously. And, 6-1 since that matters. And, what do I even say other than, hey. <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It was a beautiful day at a farm with my family and some friends. Friends I genuinely like. Not even friends I fake like. You know who you are. Um, and so from that standpoint, there was no anxiety. It was just the activity itself and the fact that I had to potentially interact with people kicked my ass emotionally so badly that the next day I needed like a day to recover. Um and you don't get that as a parent. You don't you don't get that day um, to kind of recover. You still have to play and you have to be on your A game and, you know, feed them fruits and veggies. You can't just feed them chips and iPad all day. It'd be easy. It'd be easier if you just did it, but you can't. Um, so, you know, the, the anxiety hangover uh, took over. And it. I, I just tweeted out something generic like, man... No one talks about the anxiety hangover. And then people started chiming in. Yeah, what is it about that? Yeah, it takes a lot out of you. Yeah, it wipes you. And then um, my man, Brittle Star. If you don't know Brittle Star, Stuart Reynolds, um, you've definitely seen his videos online. He chimed in and um, just words of encouragement, let's say. I'm going to read them here for you and show them on the screen if you're watching. Uh, he says, anxiety is a dickhead. Outside is good. Exercise is good. Breathing exercises are good. Reminding yourself you've already survived your previous worries and you'll probably survive many, many more is good. And then he did the little heart emoji and uh, the fist pound uh, emoji there. So, you know, Brittle Star, what a guy. Um, you know, he's one of the first celebrities, I'm doing air quotes again, he's a celebrity, but I'm going to do air quotes, um, that uh, started to engage with me, and he's been a big supporter, and um, always there with a kind word. I put a tweet out about an anxiety hangover, he doesn't need to do that, but, you know, truer words have not been said, anxiety is a dickhead. So if you're struggling with the anxiety hangover, you're not alone, I'm with you, reach out to me. 
Um, as I've often said, when it comes to anxiety, depression, you ride the wave, and if you feel like you're drowning, you reach out for help. That's what we do. I'm going to end this pumpkin patch anxiety story on a little bit of humor. Because, inevitably, as someone who is... I, uh, I like to people watch. Part anxiety, part necessary. Because I think I'm funny and I like to make fun of people. Uh, yeah, it's cruel. Yeah, it's immature. Yeah, it's mean. It's who I am. Deal with it. Um, so there was a, a couple of parents. There was a woman in particular who, just looking at her, I was like, that's white trash. Uh, that is why I know I am at a pumpkin patch barn thing, uh, and I just saw a, a cannon, a pumpkin cannon, smash a bunch of pumpkins, but that woman is white trash. And then she said her children's names who were running around her, and I knew my mental assessment was correct. Uh, and I'm going to give her a southern accent here. She wasn't southern, but all rednecks are southern. Uh, I heard her go, I heard her go, Bentley, Maverick, quit your running around. Bentley and Maverick. That is some white trash names. If you're listening to this and you've named your children Bentley or Maverick, you've given your kids white trash names. And the kids were old enough that I think Maverick may have been in that sweet spot of John McCain and Sarah Palin when they were calling themselves Mavericks. Uh, Bentley and Maverick. A car or a butler. I could see a butler being called Bentley. And uh, Maverick. Chop gun. Or Sarah Palin. Crazy white trash. And finally, birds drive me crazy. Making, he, I don't know if you can hear, I don't think you can hear him, but he's uh, he's moving a lot. Doing that thing birds do where they fly. Piss me off. Uh, we're going to talk about Elon Musk buying Twitter. Um, I only bring this up because I think it could impact um, free speech a little bit. Or the perception of free speech. Uh, it's, Elon Musk is a strange cat. I think we all just, you know, even if you don't know much about him, you know he's a strange cat. He announced his purchase of Twitter, or, or solidified it, by walking into the building, holding a giant ceramic sink, to say, symbolize, let that sink in. Okay. Okay, Elon let that sink in. Got it. Funny. Hilarious. Uh, he then uh, proceeded to fire a couple of the top executives and start to clean house there. So here are some of the things. I've got I've got notes for this portion because it's, uh, it's important I'd be accurate. Uh, some have referred to what Twitter could become as a hellscape because the immediate spike in hateful language um, was something like 500%. A lot of people viewed this as similar to when Trump got elected. A lot of those races kind of became emboldened 
and they started to make themselves present. They weren't hiding so much in the their the corner closets or their mom's basement. I'm in my mom's basement. That's kind of funny. Anyways, uh, so could be a hellscape. Could become a hellscape. Um, what else has he said? A lot of celebrities said, "Yeah, I think I'm gonna take a pause from Twitter. I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna step back and see how this all shakes out." Um, some advertisers have said they're going to pause and suspend advertising. I think they want to see how it plays out and what type of changes Elon has in mind because he's known for these big drastic changes. Um, you know, for, for all of his flaws, uh, he's a visionary and he, he puts his visions into action and he has amassed enough money fairly or unfairly he's amassed a fortune uh that puts him in a position to do it and he likes to be center stage he likes showtime he's got a bit of that kind of trumpism ego and i keep calling referring to trump nothing has directly said to me like oh he's clearly uh, a racist he's a bit of a crazy person he's an eccentric but if I had more money than God, I would also be eccentric. I would have some crazy ideas as well. I might buy Twitter if I had enough money. Just because. I would make myself the only blue check mark and deplatform everyone else. <laughs> but but this is something he's think he's he's talked about doing. So for those of you who maybe aren't on Twitter, um, something that he implemented or that was implemented last year was something called Twitter blue for $4.99 a month. And for $4.99 a month, you get certain access to things that other people don't. One is like almost no ads in your feed. Uh, two is the ability to edit your tweet within 30 minutes up to five times within a 30 minute time frame. So in case you make a spelling mistake, you can kind of go back and clean it up and that kind of sort of thing. Uh, and there's some other benefits and it's, yeah, it's a small thing, four ninety nine a month. I know some people who have it. It is what it is. Elon has said that he, what he wants to do is make sure that every blue check mark, all of those verified accounts, has to be enrolled in Twitter Blue, and the price of Twitter Blue is going to go up to like twenty bucks a month. And he wants this done within like two weeks. Interesting. Bold strategy. Bold strategy. I have applied for a blue check mark several times. Uh, I keep getting declined. I'm not important enough, apparently. But at twenty bucks a head, uh, twenty bucks a month. I don't think. I don't think your average journalist is going to do it. You know. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think the major corporations of the world's Wendy's, Nike, Coca-Cola, those sort of things, they're going to continue to pay. It's a you know twenty bucks a month to two hundred bucks, less than three hundred dollars a year to a major corporation who gives a shit um, to make sure they have that blue check mark and kind of protect their brand image. So in case some jack, uh, almost called them a jag off, that would have been harsh for this show. <laughs> in case some idiot decides to create a fake Wendy's account and post it post something derogatory, they'll know, okay, it didn't come from the official account. 
and I think a mega celebrity. I think if uh, Brad Pitt, uh, George Clooney, Julia Roberts, whoever. I'm thinking of really old celebrities, but um, that people of that ilk want to protect their brand. Bill Gates, whoever. Um, they'll pay the minor $300 a, a, a year to make sure that they have their blue check mark so that anybody who tries to claim it was them, blah, 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 blah. Um, but I think all of those journalists, and I say journalists because I know a lot of journalists who have the blue check mark. Um, I am friends with a number of them who are just like, I don't have $240 of disposable income. <laughs> it's not it's not my budget to give you $300 for a blue check mark. Um, you know, I'm not so famous that I need to protect my brand that much, but it helped, right? It helps promote them. Um, but I would just as likely spend $300 on advertising uh, that nerd dad podcast somewhere else um, where it might have more impact. Like I would love to promote this show more on YouTube or I would love to drop a commercial through Instagram where my followers are. My followers aren't necessarily on Twitter. I've met a lot of really cool people through Twitter, but it hasn't been where um, the great majority of my content lives. If I were going to pay for advertising, I'd probably pay through TikTok or Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Like, I don't think of Twitter as my advertising. I think of Twitter as a platform for me to, to communicate and share and talk. But that is just an extension of, it's a, it's a better version of Facebook. And I think it's easily replicated to a great extent. So while I understand that he's going to kind of create like a, a Twitter tax for some of the uber rich and the biggest celebrities out there, uh, and that'll drive revenue for one year, because you'll have a huge bump, right? He'll have a huge bump on his spreadsheet. I don't know what the long-term plan is. I don't see how he makes it better than what it already is. It's a free-flowing idea. If you really want to make it better, reduce the bots. Reduce the fact, the spam. Uh, or work on the hate speech. Or do the opposite. And don't do anything. And say it's a free-for-all. And let hate speech run wild. And then let the market decide. Because I think the, the market would decide. We'll find a new platform. Twitter's had a good run. Facebook's end is Facebook's run is starting to end. Twitter's had a good run in this little realm. So maybe uh, maybe this pushes people enough the other direction. It all depends. Do I think it'll become a hellscape? I don't think so. Do I think he's going to charge twenty bucks a month for Twitter Blue? Yeah. Do I think I'll, there will be at least one year where you can sucker? some low-level, B-level, C-level individuals into paying for it so they can say, hey, I'm verified on Twitter. But it won't mean anything. It just means you have $20 a month. It used to mean something. It used to be a prestige thing. I got my check mark. I'm, I'm legit. Got my check mark. Now it might just mean you have 20 extra bucks a month. Yeah, instead of going to the movies every month, once a month, I... Uh... Verified on t on Twitter, kind of a big deal. I think that's what we're gonna call it. That's the show. That feels feels like a good place to end it. Where's my button here? Uh, that's it. Game over. Thirty minute solo show. Haven't done that in a while. Can't say I've done it in a very long time. 
uh, obviously, look, with me being kind of in between homes and <laughs> not really sure where I'm going to be on a week-to-week basis, it's not fair of me to try and book a guest unless I can commit a certain time and feel and feel good about it. So it might be a couple more weeks like this where we do a few more Just Joe shows. Uh, I encourage you to hit subscribe, follow along on uh, YouTube. I'm starting to clip out the best of that nerd dad interviews, uh, solo rants that I go on, and I'm putting that on the YouTube channel. You can, of course, find me on TikTok and uh, Twitter, if I'm still there, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. But uh, I just want to say thank you. I really do. You know, God knows you have been with me through so much changes in my life, and I greatly appreciate it. I want to thank DeanBlundell.com, DeanBlundell.com, home of Canada's number one podcast network, including yours truly, uh, we have a big announcement coming through there soon, soon. I keep being told it's soon, but there's a big announcement coming and, uh, it's exciting stuff and it could mean more for that nerd dad. Yours truly might, uh, yeah, we'll see how it plays out. I don't want to give away too much, but, uh, he's working on some big stuff over there. Also want to thank mom cave TV, mom cave TV and I have partnered up. I've got my first blog post up there. I am working on my second one right now. And uh, we'll continue to grow that partnership and relationship. So head over to momcavetv.com. And then finally, I've got merch. Christmas is coming. <laughs> You're not buying a shirt for Christmas, but you should. Head over to Dean Blundell's store. I've got Zero Days Without a Dad Joke, World's Okayest Dad, Raised by Homer, Peter, Stan, and Bob, and of course that nerd dad, all available in a wide variety of colors and sizes. So that's it. That's the show uh, coming to you live from my parents' basement. I'll be here next week, probably solo, maybe with a guest. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll bring a guest in, but probably solo. Just keep my expectations realistic. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Be well and be safe. Thanks for listening. Damn. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.